0: is the bad reputation podcast subscribe to us on itunes on your smartphone or tablet featuring the most up-to-date reputation management social media and entrepreneurial information on the web be sure to follow us on facebook and instagram at todd collins official and now the host of bad reputation the reputation Rockstar, todd F-ing collins in three, two, one.
1: Usually I'm the one being interviewed, but this time I got interviewed by this young go getter, Evan Shepard. Good kid, 19 years old. Kids out there really working hard. Um, comes from a good family. And we talked about being a young entrepreneur, and we talked about the importance of sales, and we talked about the importance of educating yourself on that. Um, so have a listen it's a great episode I promise you guys that you will learn something and don't forget to text me text Todd to 545454
0: appreciate it enjoy
1: hello everyone I want
2: to welcome you back to another episode of the race Rat podcast we have a really awesome episode today with Todd Collins uh, Todd why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself
1: yeah hey how you doing guys uh, my name is Todd Collins. I am a, uh, entrepreneur, uh, owner of a digital, uh, marketing agency here in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, great city. Don't listen to the news. It's not true. Um, I've been in the, the sales game, uh, since I was about 22 and, uh, jumped into and kind of had always been into marketing and, uh, jumped into the, uh, the actual digital marketing field, uh, about seven years ago. Um, right after we uh, sold our first company and uh, kind of went from there. Launched my personal brand about four years ago and things just are firing on all cylinders currently.
2: That's awesome yeah I mean I I saw your profile because usually what I do like to try and grow my own Instagram account is I try to go to like accounts that I feel like are have somewhat similar content or that are at least really engaging so my habit was going to like a Gary V post and going through the people that like, like his latest posts. And I just like followed a bunch of them. But I noticed I, on your profile, like I saw the picture of yourself and it was like really well done. And I clicked on your profile and I went through all this like content that looked really good. And I was like, Whoa, I gotta, I gotta talk to this guy.
1: Yeah. It's, it's funny. So, um, uh, so D rock and I have a little bit of a relationship. We, that's awesome. And we talk back and forth on Instagram quite a bit. Um, and, um, a lot of the times there's conversations back and forth, obviously about content and things of that nature, but, um, I, I get compared to him quite often. We're not in necessarily the, the exact same, um, um, fields, if that makes sense. He operates in, in, in kind of different ventures. I'm more reputation management, um, uh, uh, and he's more brand on brand advertising omni channel advertising things of that nature if you don't know what omni channel is it's more like tv commercials things of that nature um it's just not something that i'm really that interested in i don't i don't uh believe that you do have to have a 900 uh, person staffed agency to be able to fulfill in something like that we have about 32 which i'm totally fine with and completely um and okay being content where we are with our scaling and growth um and believe eventually one day it gets there i may not be the person at the helm at that point but Eventually, maybe one day, able to get there. But we like the niche that we've carved out, us being the uh, the go to when when you know the uh, proverbial shit hits the fan for an agency or a business. uh, They come to us, and we help clean the mess up. So that's kind of where we go from there. Yeah,
2: that's awesome. So uh, most of my viewers are basically like younger entrepreneurs looking to get started, maybe having some hardships along the way. What was your experience like growing up? Like number one, like how did you know you wanted to be an entrepreneur? And number two, like what sort of struggles did you go through during that process to get to the place where you were able to sell your first business and where you are now?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Uh, my entire time growing up, um, I didn't really know what I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. In fact, that was one of the big things that kind of created anxiety for myself, which is something that I'd struggle with for a really long time. And most, uh, you know, businessmen, businesswomen, entrepreneurs, though, they're going to tell you, they, they come, it comes from the same thing. You deal with very, very harsh uh, amounts of anxiety. Um, one of the things when I was younger is that, um, you know, similar to Gary, I was not very good in school. I was great in the classes that I found massive interest in. I was great in the classes where the teacher was extremely organized and strict. Um, and, you know, people always say, like, oh, I suffer from ADHD. I don't suffer from it. It's something that I live with. Um, but I was diagnosed at a very early age. I'm four. I'm going to be 41 this month. And um, You look like uh, you're 26, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and I, was, I was diagnosed with it. I mean, if you can think back how far back this was, but I, I was diagnosed with ADHD before you were even born. Yeah. Right? And so that, which is the very, very early stages of when they even started kind of figuring out, oh, this is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, as I as I grew, you know, as I got out of high school, barely graduated high school, um, decided not to go to college at the very beginning, and just move to the beach, surf, uh, be a bartender, work at a restaurant, type of thing like that. Just trying to figure things out. Like you just had no idea what to do. Um, eventually, came time where, and there, and this is what happens when you're in your twenties, in your early twenties, um, you you're almost in a position where, you're like, you're like at least back then. You're forced. You've got to figure it out, right? Because your parents are like, I'm not paying for anything else anymore. Like you're on your own. Like this is, we've had it. And that's kind of what happened. So I grabbed the newspaper, believe it or not. Again, this is how long long ago this was before you could jump on like a monster.com or an Indeed or a ZipRecruiter or or LinkedIn or you had social media avenues to be able to ask somebody, hey, do you know somebody that works there that maybe could get me an interview? That didn't work. So um, I found uh, a sales job, car sales job. Uh, That was my first kind of like introduction into sales. I never like, but I then remembered back when I was in college, which is pretty cool, Evan. I remember I worked at MCI as a phone call operator and we would sell long distance. This is, this is how things went back then. we would have to (laughs) sell people long distance. And I was the top sales guy in that, in that like, you know, little room area where we did it. I was the top sales guy there. And, and it always seemed to me, I'm like, damn, dude, I'm, like, I'm really good at sales. I was always really good at understanding people, right? And and figuring out the similarities where I could create a relationship and then get them to see value in what I was selling to them and why. And I, I just, I remember growing up, my dad was a sales guy too. And I remember always saying to myself, like, damn, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to be a fucking sales guy, man. That sucks. Like, then I realized, like, <laughs> sales – Is everything yeah you can if you can and this is where everyone gets caught up Evan if you can learn to sell you will lose the anxiety because the selling part is the easy part creating the value to the person is the difficult part is it really valuable that you're selling what you're selling is it truly valuable to them right and then how do you transfer that emotion so car business was the first job went into the car business Got really, really good training. Um, The training that I got was something that was called APB, Alpha, Panther, Beta. If you look that up online, APB sales training, I recommend grabbing that up as as quickly as possible. It is the best sales training that you could ever grab and ever learn um, into overcoming objections. Okay. Because we all know that that is the biggest fear of sales, right? Uh, is, is, is getting turned down. Hearing, nah, I don't think so. You're just kind of like, what? You're always starting off your feet because your assumption as a salesperson is the person wants to buy. When they throw an objection at you and they say no or eh, not interested, you don't know how to handle that overcoming objection. Yeah, so then people
2: start chasing it and like th- forcing it. That's it, it. man. And,
1: and, and so when you when that happens, you've got to understand, like you've got to learn how to sell before you can actually even start a business. You've got to learn how to sell, and you've got to learn how to overcome an objection. That is the answer to all those questions is right there. Once I figured that out, I just became very, very focused on building value in myself. So this is where the other thing happens: is is that too many of us at a young age want to be entrepreneurs right away, and instead we don't give ourselves or put ourselves in the in in situations where we could be learning a lot by going to work for someone else first, then figuring it out, working on the side and doing our stuff on the side, making sure that that's okay with the person we're working for, but gaining that experience first. So the meeting that we just came from, I have an intern that, that stays with me all year round. When I say stays with me, like they just intern with me all year round. Yeah, I'm yeah.
2: And
1: everything else. She, she was at this meeting with me, texted her mom in the middle, middle of the meeting and said, I learned more in this meeting than I have in my entire three and a half years of college makes sense that's a that that that's that's a shot at unfortunately the way that the school systems are set up correctly for business or entrepreneurship or marketing because you can't take a marketing class your junior year of college and just assume that 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 what you learned in that marketing class is gonna make any sense in the, in the workforce yeah because sense.
2: everything's so situational it's not like you can just it's not textbook at all
1: Evan 100% 100% everything changes so quickly that we don't have the ability to be able to create education around it in, 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 from a standpoint of this is going to work for the next four years here. It just won't work that way. It, it, it happens way too fast. I mean, let's, let's look at it from a standpoint of like TikTok. TikTok came, was musically for a long time. It came out of fucking nowhere, bro. Yeah, it did. That just switched up the whole marketing education in a class for social media marketing in that course, right? So the people <laughs> that graduated last year are like, fuck. Yeah. So you're, in a, you're in a big, you got a big problem there. Um, so I was in the car business for a long, really long time. I wanted to grow in the car business. I thought that's what I wanted to do. I remember I got a book. I, I, again, this is the craziest thing, bro. I'm sitting in the dealership. I had a laptop computer, a piece of shit Hewlett Packard computer. It was like this thick. Oh, yeah. Opened it up. And back then, there were no CRM programs. There were no a CRM programs, a customer relationship management system, okay? Mm-hmm. There was no crm programs back then so i used microsoft office to create a to-do list every day and a follow-up process for prospects of customers that i was talking to and the owner of the dealership walked past me and he was like what are you doing because everybody else was like writing stuff down and i said i'm creating a a follow-up list and a sales list and a prospect list um and he was like on a computer he's like whose computer is that i'm like that's mine and he's like oh He's like, you know, I was thinking about starting an internet department. I was, uh, maybe we could we could have a discussion. Opportunity. So yeah. the opportunity grew the internet department, right? Because mm-hmm. then CRM systems started coming out. There were companies like Reynolds and Reynolds and things of that nature started creating customer relationship management follow up systems. So I did that. Then I started getting interested. And I started realizing, and this is the one piece of one while well, one piece of content I want your listeners to take away is when you go to work for somebody, learn absolutely positively every single aspect of the business not just what you're there for because what that does is that creates value in you if you know how to do everything the value to that company is much much higher and if you just only know how to do one thing so learn everything and while you're doing that you're gonna end up figuring out where your true interests are because you might go in as the marketing position but come out the lead generation strategist because you know how maybe not know how to do this, but you're really good at understanding the customer behavior and how they'll take action on the advertising. So there's a whole bunch of different aspects of, of going to work for somebody else first before you decide to become an entrepreneur. Yeah, The other side of it sense. was then at 30 years old, I said, I want to own my own car dealership by the time I'm 30 years old. And I wrote that down and I made it like, I was just obsessed with it. And you really have to take that type of obsession with wanting to accomplish something and I was not going to not let it happen. Um, and the opportunity came and I did it.
2: That's awesome. And
1: yeah. And, um, owned my own car dealership by the time I was 30. Um, at that same point in time, that business went on for four years and around the fourth year, uh, went through a divorce, went through, uh, losing that business, um, went through, uh, bankruptcy. Well, I mean, I mean, but was like. (laughs) Yeah. It all imploded, dude and at that point that's that's where one of the things I do agree with with Gary is, is one of those things is when that happens you there that's why the the rate of depression and suicide and things of that nature can come up in, in discussions of entrepreneurship because you're in a situation where you're alone you feel lost, feel like you failed that was it. This was the last opportunity. there's never going to be another one. and uh, the one thing I want you guys to understand is that that is not true. Because I will tell you this. You said you're 26. Is that right? No, no, no. I'm 19. You're 19? Yeah, I Bro, said you I look 26.
0: Remember,
1: I, but here's the deal. <laughs> I, I don't even remember being 19.
2: <laughs> yeah, honestly. I mean, I, I just yeah. I just do this as like fun because like I I realized, I thought growing up in high school, like I wanted to be a doctor, and I thought I wanted to be a surgeon. And like I took a really heavy interest in that. And then I took a step back, like when I started college, and I started realizing through the classes I was taking. That I found myself halfway through a lecture thinking about something that, you know, like making a podcast episode or doing something like that, rather than wanting to go through eight more years of doing stuff like that. And I was just like, dude, like I want to do something for myself. So I just do my podcast as like a fun thing on the side as I'm going through school. That way, when I graduate, get a job, like you said, get some experience and use that to leverage what I'm doing on the side eventually into something that you know could become a full-time income and a true passion of mine
1: well you know one of the interesting things is that i love podcasts because they're such a great way to leverage yourself to an audience as well as create connections yeah. and this is one of the great reasons why you should start a podcast one of the great reasons you should start a podcast is most of the time 99.9 percent of the people that you ask to be on a podcast episode will say yes because they love talking about themselves Human beings are innately egotistical. Yeah. Right? I've let you say like fucking five words. <laughs> I just like, I like to talk. Well, I already know I, that.
2: Well, it. you got a much more interesting story than I've told so far. So. The
1: only reason my story is more interesting than yours right now is because I've been on this planet longer than you. That's it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I reckon. by the time. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, that's really what it comes down to is that we don't, we, you know, a lot of people are like, man, life's short. I'm like, dude, man, it is a, it is. I've lived, I believe that you have seven lifetimes in a life. I really, truly believe that. Um, I believe that right now you're probably in your second lifetime. And what I mean by that is not, not, I don't mean that you've been reincarnated. I mean that you're in your second lifetime. You had you your, your- You develop
2: as a person over time. Right. And one of, one of the- adulthood. 100%. And like one of the things, like when I- was turning 18, 19. Like I was going through a lot of things that were like tough for me and sitting where I am now, I don't even recognize the person that I was maybe like seven, eight months ago. So you're a hundred percent spot on with that.
1: When you go back and watch this podcast or listen to this podcast when you're 35, because yeah. it'll still be around, which is the beauty of the internet, you're just going to be like, what the fuck was I saying? Or like, holy shit, that guy was fucking nuts, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. or- Damn, what he was saying back then now is making a lot of sense. Like this is crazy. Like now I remember. I I don't remember being nineteen. So I I actually envy you at being nineteen right now to be able to create this type of content, to be able to go back to it all those years later. But um, also that you're you're creating value in yourself, and that's one of the things. Um, again, from an entrepreneurship standpoint, standpoint the reason I told that story about that just just those massive failures is because I need I need your listeners should know. That it is not an easy road, that it is an extremely difficult road, that the odds are that it's not going to work, that you're probably going to fail. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to fail 10 years from now or 15 years from now or 20 years from now. There's a hell of a lot of Hollywood actors that didn't be, that, that have been trying to act since they were 18 or 19 years old that just didn't break through until they were fucking 65 or 70 because they fit that role perfectly and end up becoming a millionaire. You know, 100%. and that's the end of the day, you gotta figure out, you know, what's the real end goal here? Is the end goal you want to be an a, a business owner? Because being a business owner and having employees not easy and dealing with taxes and dealing with this and that and everything else, buddy, it's not easy. It looks because where of what ha- what has happened with the internet where you the stuff some of your listeners are probably seeing, you're seeing guys out there driving the goddamn Lamborghinis and they're renting the houses and that I'm telling you, man. It's all a goddamn facade.
2: Yeah, a hundred percent. The but real guys. The, most thing that pisses me off about entrepreneurship is everybody thinks it's like that that lifestyle where I'm a twenty year old forex trader. Here's my private jet. Here's my Lamborghini. Buy my thousand dollar course, and I'll teach you how to do it. And you waste a thousand dollars basically because some guy sold you a dream. Whereas, so check, like,
1: so check this out. Right, anybody that's really really good at selling something. Or offering something for, th- it, and, and they're only offering it for a thousand dollars. That's a great no, point. It, it it doesn't fucking work, bro. <laughs> you for it, the reason I said yes to you on your podcast is because I like doing podcasts. But if someone comes and says to me that they want to get a coffee with me, that's five hundred dollars an hour. Yeah, because you don't want to drink a coffee with me. You want to pick my brain for an hour. To figure out what i can give you from here mm. that you can take to go apply to your business without paying me a retainer so you've got to pay 500 bucks an hour to do that what that does is it creates the right person and right target of the person that i want to talk to which is someone who's serious about wanting to execute yeah and at the same time it puts value in what i've done i can charge that 500 an hour right because i've also proven and social proofed myself based on Documenting my customers' testimonials, document everything that I'm doing. Right, I've documented it. Hundred percent. It's a multi-million dollar agency. I'm sitting in the offices right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. We have clients that we help every single day. So, it's that that is something that that your listeners are just one hundred completely one hundred percent completely have got to understand is that if you're really good at that type of stuff, you don't need to market it like that. Like, I have a lot of people that Facebook message, direct message people, right? And they're like, hey, I can help you with your marketing, right? And I'm like, if one of your fucking marketing tactics is to cold message me that you can help me with marketing, then you're not the right person. Definitely. Right? So customer testimonials and referrals on video, transferring emotion that's how you sell a product. You'll get to a point if you document it and, and distribute it correctly, you'll get to a point that your customer and your client ends up being your best salesperson. Pure social proof. Because yeah. then you don't have to sell,
2: right? Yeah. Because it, it's just automatically establishes trust and credibility to the point where it puts them in a point where they want to buy compared to having to like sell them.
1: Yeah, exactly. So if you go to the web you go to one of our websites, right? So if you go to restaurantreputations.com. And you go to customer stories and we're in Maryland, right? Yeah. So like we're really well known for our crab cakes. So if you see Jimmy's Famous Seafood, which is a nationally known brand, their frigging logo and their crab cakes were just on NFL's football game on Sunday. Mm-hmm. You see Pappas, which is is uh, promoted and done by Oprah Winfrey, which made Oprah's favorite things. Her favorite food in the entire world is Pappas crab cakes. <laughs> but you just keep going down this list of customers and they're just like Todd Collins and restaurant reputations and this, that and everything else and all this stuff. Do I really need to walk into John's sub shop and be like, sign up with us because we're the best? No. I just say, go to my customer stories and look at those, and look at those brands. Look they the speak brands for
2: themselves, brands. yeah.
1: I don't have to sell the product to you. You either A, see value and want to do business like them, or B, don't, so don't pay me. And so now the customer, my client, is now my salesperson.
0: Brilliant. So
1: documentation of social proofing, using your customers and your clients to do it for you is the best way to do it.
2: I really believe that. Like my, my father, um, he owns an insurance agency where they basically represent like 30 different companies and they're basically like kind of brokers, if you will. And his, his entire business is just run on customer referrals. Like he doesn't like doing paid advertising or anything like that because he's like, we always get the best customers and the customers that we want to work with when they're referred to from other people. So yeah. I don't really see a point in spending you know, this amount of ad spend when, you know, I have these people that are basically bringing customers to me just because they liked our service.
1: Right. And so I could do the, I could flip him on that. Right. So yes, that's, that sounds like an, that sounds like an objection to me. So let's, 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 let's show your team, let's show your people how we would overcome that objection. What's your, what's your, you said your dad, your dad.
2: Yeah, that, that was my father's business.
1: Okay. So what's his name? Uh Scott. All right. Okay. So I'd be like, Scott, I can completely understand a lot of my business works on referrals as well, but other than referrals, how else are you getting business? All right. So now I've opened up the no again, right? Yeah, that's true. The keywords that I opened it up with were other than.
2: Yeah. Cause that
1: referrals. How else, how else are you generating leads for your business? So then he has to answer the question, not with a yes or a no. He's got to answer the question, me overcoming the objection of no, Mm -hmm. with an answer. Now, sales rule number one. The (laughs) first thing he's going to say is a lie. Good point. And I'm not calling your dad a liar. Oh, I know. Now he's getting scared because now he knows he's dealing with a professional salesperson. So now he's getting scared. So he's going to lie real fast. To try to get out of this question, but that's not gonna happen because he's gonna say something else to me and be like, oh, you know, people call in and I'll be like, cool. So, other than people calling in, other than referrals, how else do you generate leads for your business? So now he's stuck. He's gotta answer the question. Yeah, I think those are the only two places. Okay, great. What if we did instead of these paid ads that you're talking about, like these little ads? What if we documented customer testimonials of people in these influent businesses that you do business with and use that as brand awareness for your brand, not necessarily lead generation because it eventually will happen, but brand awareness around your brand for the 20 year old person. Now that's going to be your target audience in 10 years to start creating that relationship with them now to instill the longevity of your business. Could you see value in that or would you see value in that?
2: That's a, say say yes no no. That's a hard thing to say no to. That's a hard thing to say no.
1: Right? Then, let's say he says no. I understand, Scott. So what you're telling me is your exit strategy is in 10 years. Is that correct? You plan on retiring in 10 years? Wow. Yes or no? <laughs> uh, no. Oh, you don't. So you plan on being around for the next 10 years? Yes. Okay. So let's think about how the 20-year-old mind and brain currently consumes content and how they deem what trust is to a brand and decide to do business with them word of mouth to them. Starts here. So let's start creating content around your brand now for the next 10 years. So we can start investing and dropping in value to that customer. That's going to be your customer and your target demographic in 10 years. Does that make sense? hundred percent. Great sign right here.
2: (laughs) That was easy. That was easy, bro. I mean, that's, that's exactly what I'm trying to do with my podcast. Like I only started it like six months ago, but I'm at, you know, I understand, you know, even though I'm young, as long as I have something to say, I have so much time ahead of me to the point where if I can establish this over the course of 10 years, I can leverage it in the,
1: anything that I want, really. Huge, man. I mean, you know, my question to you would be when, how much content? you know, you have audio content, you're going to have audio content from this podcast, but how much video content do you have from this that you could, that you could redistribute from just this podcast? We've been talking for what? 45, 40 minutes right now. Something like that. Yeah. We've been talking for 40 minutes. How much content could you put out?
0: From just
2: one easily? Like you're probably going to tell me it's more, but if I can, a quick number, I'd probably say
1: like eight or nine pieces of Just click. Way more. Yeah. Way more. So I'm going to break it down for you, right? Okay. Not the Gary V fucking scale way. (laughs) break it down for you like this. You got snippets of questions and answers that we've already discussed from a video content standpoint. So you could chop this
2: up. All of it up, yeah.
1: For like easily, that's six pieces of micro video content right there. Then you pull quotes from the audio, right, that you could use for tweets and you could use for Instagram posts and you could use for stories and you could use for everything else then you take all the audio you send it to rev.com okay they're going to take the audio and they're going to get the get the actual audio into transcripts you can take all of that make sure that you're using specific keywords that people would be searching in Google mm-hmm. and then post that on your website as a blog brilliant now you're mass, now you're mass creating content And if you want people to go back to your website, you post that blog on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Twitter, um, everywhere else. And you just keep doing that over and over and over again. And yes, you're right. In 10 years, if you were to walk into a company and say, Hey, what's up? My name is Evan Shepard. Currently I do this, 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 and this. I have this many followers. This is how the engagement rates that I'm dealing with right now. Do you think that you could see value in me representing your business as being a part of your team. You think it's gonna be hard for you to get a job. That is the future resume by the way, right? What I just explained to you, that's why it's so important for you guys to start focusing on personal branding right now and value and what you guys are putting out because that's the future resume. That's exciting. Yeah. Two people, Evan, I'm telling you, if two people walk through my door right now for a marketing job, and one person had a marketing degree from Harvard and the other person was Facebook blueprint certified and Google advertising certified. I would hire that person over the person with a marketing, Harvard marketing degree. Don't fucking care about the college degree. You I'm care, you care
2: about the, yeah, exactly. You care about the experience and the, I,
1: I care about, can you get the job done? Do you understand the products? Do you, do you have the ability to create? That's what I care about.
2: Brilliant.
1: Can you pick up a camera and shoot a video? Yep. Okay, great <laughs> that's it that's it that's so awesome. that's why it's so important that you that every piece of content that you get especially from these podcasts that you let it all trickle down to all these other avenues and start figuring out where i mean are you on tiktok i'm sure you're on tiktok yeah right?
2: yeah i am yeah
1: like you should be putting up a video on tiktok about this like more, oh like
2: yeah easy a Day about it yeah like this should be
1: everywhere right mm-hmm. um and and so that really, in, in in my opinion, we a lot of a lot of a lot of younger ones, man. You guys just want it super fast.
2: Oh yeah, 100. percent. And I I went through that myself in the beginning. Like I was getting frustrated, I get and I was just like, it really wasn't honestly until like a month ago that I found myself creating episodes. And I was like, I was at the gym one day, and I went, dude, I haven't checked how many listens or views I got in the last week. And I went, that's because the numbers, like I don't I don't necessarily care about the numbers anymore because I just enjoy doing it and ever since then it's just been a lot of momentum and it's been like so much more fun you know because I'm not impatient about it anymore
1: that's my it's funny because I I post about this a lot but the patience thing my dad because having ADHD makes you the most imp in in, impatient person on the planet Mm -hmm. in fact impulsivity is a trait of ADHD it's one of the most known traits of ADHD is impulsivity Interesting. My dad would always tell me, patience is a virtue of which you have none. (laughs) Always tell me that. And that's always stuck in the back of my head. And so whenever I've ever tried to, and maybe that's the leverage that I had. Maybe that was because my dad constantly was just beating patience into my head that finally it got through. And I was like, okay, I'll just be patient. Cause I was the exact same way, man. I like, I mean, dude, shit, shit, shit just started for myself. Not for the agency. The agency has always done well. It's always mm-hmm. done really well. It's just because i am just busting my ass on it. But my own stuff, it really only started kind of taking off about like two years ago, maybe. And it was just because I, somebody saw one of my pieces of content at the right time in the right place. When my thing got posted on team Gary V, uh, it was like a, a, a post about perspective and they reposted it. Mm-hmm. That set it off, right? Like just it was happens. just like, yeah, it's little things like that, dude. But that's where everybody gets hung up. They're so worried about creating that one miraculous piece of content that they're not putting out as much content as they could, where all of a sudden they put it out. And the one that always ends up doing the best is the one that you put the least amount of effort in. When I'm talking about creative effort.
2: Mm-hmm. It's the least
1: amount of creative effort. So here, I'll give you an example. <clears throat> there's a real estate agent. Uh, there's a guy named Edward St. John that uh, is a, one of the real estate, one of the biggest real estate companies probably in the country, but it's centered out of Maryland. And they did about 3.5 billion dollars in real estate last That's year. <laughs> yeah, and so he had a holiday party, and part of his holiday party is he took, he had all his employees there. He took 10 million dollars and diversified and distributed the $10 million uh, in bonuses to all of his employees. The average employee, average time employee there, and this is based on time with the company. So loyalty, company loyalty, Mm -hmm. the average employee got a $50,000 check. Wow. So imagine the person who's been there for 30 years, what they got. Six figure check. Yeah. Now two things happen here, Evan. If he would have done that in a private room and not documented it one bit most people wouldn't know about it but instead he had a videographer there that documented the whole thing from before the surprise how they did it the launch of it the release of it the emotion when people were opening up checks things of that nature And then distributed that content and then it got newsworthy and then it got picked up by news stations. And now it's gone a little bit more viral and viral and viral and viral. Now this guy is known as like, you got to top this motherfucker and you're not. This guy just gave away $10 million to his employees. And he got a hundred
2: million in value back.
1: Massive amounts of customer of employee loyalty. Right? Yeah. I mean forever. So the, 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 the lesson from that is this, documentation of everything is what garners attention. Documentation garners attention. If he would not have documented that that entire process and not documented the emotion that was able to be transferred from the video and the audio to the person watching it, the virality and newsworthiness of that would never have appeared. Now, everybody's talking about him. Got it? So you, that's why it's so important that – we understand how consumer behavior, customer behavior, and how the importance of brand awareness makes sense because most people have never heard of Edward St. John, but now they I know hadn't. about him and it has nothing to do with real estate. It has everything to do with being a business owner, an entrepreneur, and giving back to his employees.
2: That's hundred percent true.
1: Right? So documentation equals attention. If you're not posting, don't expect it to happen.
2: Exactly. It's a full time
1: fucking job, man.
2: Yeah, exactly. I like I find every, any moment outside of school, outside of work, that I'm like working on this, or like any time if I'm not at school, if I'm not at work, if I'm not, you know, getting a quick workout in, I'm a hundred percent like literally like trying to find something to post on social media or interviewing somebody, like no joke.
1: I like that, but I also want you to understand that you're never gonna have the ability to be 19 again. That's true too. Yeah, so
2: I think I lose that perspective a little bit so much just because I'm so yeah. focused on like the end goal and like how exciting that is that at times I find I lose myself in the moment.
1: Yeah, and I and and the one thing that I would I would say to you is don't don't forget about being 19. True. Uh, there's a lot really of, good there's, of there's a lot of stuff. You know, like I said, I know that Gary puts out a lot of content, and I'm and, yeah I. I I like a lot of his stuff, too, and everything, and I know he talks yeah, I don't, about it. Yeah, I
2: don't like the whole 16 hours a day, 18 hours a yeah, day. I, look, I don't like that I, theory.
1: I, bro, I don't expect any 19-year-old on the goddamn planet to work 16 hours a day. No,
2: it's I definitely, crazy. I definitely take time every single night to, like, talk to my friends or maybe play a few games of Call of Duty. Like, I make sure, like, I do those things. Yeah. Or, like, on a Saturday, go get dinner with my friends. Like, I make sure to do those things. But, like, when I'm not doing those things, I make sure, like, not – using a ridiculous amount of time, but doing a lot in the amount of time that I
1: dedicate to it. Yeah. And that's the one thing I, I think a lot, I think a lot of young people are just put a lot, you guys are putting a lot of pressure on yourselves Definitely. to be next big thing. Um, so fast.
2: Cause they see yeah, all these people all- that are like 19 years old being YouTubers with 10 million subscribers and they're like, Oh, that's not me.
1: Yeah, and but here's the thing is that yeah, and here's the thing is that they're, they're, a lot of those people, man, they're not going to be, they're not going to be around in ten years or twenty years anyway. True. they're not adding any real value. They're running themselves into a fucking door, man.
2: True.
1: I grew up in the, I, I grew up, you know, during the 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 age and years of Jackass, way before it was Jackass. <laughs> Tky, Bam, Bam was way ahead of the game from a standpoint of creating content around entertainment and getting eyes and building a brand. And he did a really good job at it. But if you asked him, was it worth it from a standpoint of how stressful his life was and where, and where he is now, there's going to be a lot of regret there. That's true. So at the end of the day, I, you, you, you guys, all guys and gals, you guys all have time um, to be the next big thing. And, everybody's going to hit the next big thing at a different time and moment in their life. You, Evan, you might hit it at 45. Your friend Mike might hit it at 72. (laughs) Your friend Emily might hit it at, uh, 21. It's just, it's just one of those things, dude. But the big thing that you could do right now is surround yourself with the right types of people. Right. So when you, when, when it is your time that you have the right people and you're connected to the right people to be able to help bring it to fruition, that's, that's super important.
2: I love that a piece of advice.
1: Because we're all we're all regretful of when we were 19, dude. When you're <laughs> yes. 30, you're going to be like, man, I should have never done that. Yeah. Everyone's, regretful, everyone's regret, regretful about being 19. You would have all, no matter what, I promise you when you listen to this, when you're 25 or 30, <laughs> you're going to be like, ah, I should have done that. There's no, you're, every way is the right way, Evan. Yeah. Every way is the right way. Mm-hmm.
2: And that that's a big thing, like, for me personally, is, like, I've always, you know, I'm always, like, I feel like sometimes, like, I'm always told, like, you have to do this. You have to go in a certain direction. I'm like, dude, I'm just going to go in whatever direction feels right. Like, I I, I had, was having a conversation when I was going through that, that tough time in my life when I was, like, 18. I had planned to go to the University of California Santa Cruz. I was up there for two weeks. And I hated it. And I realized I didn't want to be there for four weeks. And I dropped out of Santa Cruz, came back home, and I'm going to community college now. And I was told that that would be the biggest mistake of my life. And I was like, dude, I don't think that's a mistake at all. Like, I I literally went and I came home because I felt right, didn't know why, didn't need to would logistic- make it logical. I don't know how to word that, but, okay. <laughs> Um. And, you know, I'm sitting here now realizing that if I was still at the University of California, Santa Cruz, I would probably be studying for final exams in a dorm room, getting nothing but a college degree. But here I am sitting with interviewing, you know, you know, an amazing business owner, someone who's incredibly knowledgeable. And I feel like I've, like you said earlier in the episode, I feel like I've earned a degree on marketing and sales in this interview alone.
1: Yeah. I'm hundred percent. Like I, I'm telling you right now, like if you wanna if you wanna get into digital marketing, go go get Facebook Blueprint certified and go get Google Ad certified. Um, Facebook Blueprint certification costs you about three hundred dollars. Uh, to me, that it's not unreasonable. You're, you're gonna learn a hell of a lot more. Spending you any kid that's eighteen or nineteen year old, nineteen years old that goes to their parents and goes, "Mom, Dad, I want to be a digital marketer. I need three hundred dollars to invest in Facebook Blueprint certification because I believe it's gonna help me." Not only build a business, but get a job in marketing. There isn't a parent on the planet, in my opinion, that doesn't have three hundred dollars that they can give their kid for education like that. Because a lot of us are showing out a hell of a lot more than that for college. Now, True. I will tell you this: I do see value in college. No, I do-, I do too.
2: I'm I'm gonna get a degree because I do believe that college is like, you know, that's that's a network number one, and then you know, it's also a period of time where you're able to like, you know, explore your own interests and you know, do get a little bit of, you know, education towards your career, but it's just most important to feel out like what you're interested in.
1: Yeah. It's not for everybody. Look, college was not for me. It just Mm -hmm. wasn't school. School just was not for me. I, it just didn't work. And I tried it. I really did. I mean, I put, I put all my effort and the classes that I was interested in, I did really, really well in, but the problem was, is that school doesn't work like that. You, you you can't just take classes that you're interested in, even in the first two years of college, and you know this. You can't yeah. just take classes that you're interested in. You have to take those general education courses. And I just did not want to do that. And um, here's the truth, is that we still need doctors. We still need attorneys. We still need engineers. Um, we, we need those types of people that we, uh, not everybody can be a digital marketer. Not everybody can be business and marketing. Not everybody can be finance. Like we still need those people on this planet. So we still need the educational system to be able to educate them. Um, and, and it's just a fact, but not everybody is going to be a doctor. Not everybody's going to be an attorney and not everybody's going to be an engineer. So you take those three, just those three away from the equation. When I say doctors, I mean nurses too, and things of that nature. You take those three platform those three parts away, you're kind of left with the situation of like, what's more valuable, experience or education? Because the the catch twenty two that we've always heard right is this: Well, you got the degree, but you don't have any work experience. Mm-hmm. Now that right there is what scares the shit out of me. Because what are you doing in college when you're not in college?
2: Exactly. Now, when
1: you're Not in school and not taking exams. What are you doing outside of it? Okay, you want to go on spring break for a week. Great, you should. Don't regret it. But when you get back, go find somebody to intern for for free, get some job experience so you can put it on your resume. When you do that, you're breeding value into yourself. Then you can overcome the objection of, well, you don't have a lot of work experience. No, not true at all. I have three years of work experience actually where I interned full time with that place while I was going to school. So now you can see how dedicated of a person I actually am and how I can handle time management, right? Yeah, yep, I'm hiring this guy, or girl, and so uh, that's where a lot of you guys are slipping up. Is you're not, you're not. Instead of asking, dude, if you go and ask the intern for somebody, even if you ask be like, dude, could you pay me a hundred bucks a week and I'll do whatever the fuck you want me to do, as long as I can sit in in meetings and things like that, because I want to find interest of it and educate myself. Anybody will take you.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's a great point. You got to do it. Yeah,
1: because that's what you're missing on your resume when you get out of college.
2: Yeah, because. Yeah, exactly. And everybody's like, well, 100%.
1: Well, what were you doing?
2: Yeah, right? exactly. and that are would be you, my question to you. partying or
1: well, that, playing that's video that's games? Exactly or, what getting, right? Yeah. I know who I'm getting. Yeah. I know who I'm getting. So what I do is I hire inter- my interns while they're still in college, and then I hire them. Yeah. I hire them while they're in college. And then when they come out of college, they're not scared about getting a job because they already yeah. have one. Yep. And if they was, want to go, they're
2: the gaining job, they're gaining the experience that they need firsthand to do the job, like automatically.
1: Even if they didn't want to come work for me, they can still use me. Oh yeah, I was I interned for this person. I was able to do things for certain sure, that 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 carries weight for when they go into the workforce, right? So it's uh, uh that would be another recommendation that I would give to your listeners is like go get an internship this summer if you're in college. Go get an internship or go get a job while you're in college, go to college part-time, go to, back to your community college where it's more affordable and you're getting the same frigging education.
2: because uh-huh.
1: You're getting at a uh, private university and making your parents pay for it and stop starting off your, your life with a massive amount of debt because that is a massive problem right now. That's why 2008 ended up the way that it did. It wasn't sure. just the banking industry, it was also because we were shoving people my age into college debt and we could not buy houses, we could not buy cars, we were overspending a lot of that happened because of that system.
2: Yeah. And especially cause I live in California and I think New York as well, community college, like if you're somebody who like struggles, you know, financially, it is a hundred percent free, like covered in California and New York. So there's absolutely, especially if you live in those States, like no excuse to at least not get, you know, some sort of like AA degree, if that's what you feel is best for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, in Maryland, you know, uh, we, there's no free education here, you know, mm-hmm. You wanted to go to a community college here, you know, each class is probably three or 400 bucks.
2: Yeah.
1: It's a lot of money, dude. It
2: is. It is. And
1: you know, there's not a, but, and, and, you know, I, I think a,
0: you
2: know, probably the worst mistake that, like, I, I've talked about this on a few of my episodes. Like, I think the worst mistake that anybody can make my age is being that kid just that decides to go out of state for college and $200,000 in debt at 23. Just terrible. Whore. And you can't even declare bankruptcy on it. So you're just like stuck. You
1: can't. You yeah. can't. There's nothing you can do about it. I mean, I see it all the time. And and, and what's really, really interesting to me is a lot of the people that I – so when I came back, I went – I tried college. Mm-hmm. I tried it multiple times, actually. Everybody that I can remember that I went to college with right now is – there's a few that are doing really well. But none of it had to do with what they did in college. It all Some had them, to do with – some are doctors, yeah. some are doctors and stuff like that, and that just is what it is. I mean, yeah. like, I would never have thought some of them would be doctors, but it was like one of those things. I'm like, holy shit, they're a doctor. <laughs> but um, it's it's uh, it's just not the gauge of success, man. Like, I, and everybody's gauge of su- success is different. Like, you don't have to be a millionaire. You don't have to like. You really don't do that. A lot of people fit. This is the other thing too. And like when you're a parent, it's it it, it becomes interesting. Mm. I'm finding myself now as I'm like in the in-between, right? Okay. So I'm a parent to my children, right? I've got four kids. And then I've got my mom and my dad, right? So yeah. like, 30, my mom calls me this, this week and she says to me, she's like, can you da- drive your dad to the do- his eye doctor's appointment? And so what's interesting about being in that 30-40 range is what ends up happening is you have your kids, right? So you're being a parent. You have your job. But then your parents are getting older, so now it's almost like their kids too. Yeah, I don't know if you remember your grandparents. Your grandparents, are I'm sure, are still alive. Remember
2: yeah, yeah. Still? My on my mom's side, they're gone, but my dad's side, they're they're still there. How old are they? Um, my grandmother is 85, and my grandpa is 87. Grandpa's sharp as a knife still.
1: Yeah, up here. Yeah, physically, physically,
2: physically too. He's like he's still Beautiful. he goes and on the treadmill at like he had, he had heart surgery like five or 10 years ago and, yeah. uh, to like replace a valve, but he like made so many friends at like his rehab place that he goes and goes in the elliptical for like an hour, like three days a week. Like he's, Love he's a hundred percent. Like I'd be surprised if he didn't like push a hundred.
1: I would sap up as much from him and your grandmother as possible.
2: No, I'd, um, I definitely do. And especially my yeah. grandfather is like, he's like a big inspiration of mine. Cause the uh the insurance business that my father owns was like my grandpa was the one that like you know started that out like formed the partnership yeah. bought out the other guy and grew that up and he's still like you know up there and has 87 years of experience and at least 60 of it and doing that business it's it's timeless piece of advice can I ask you a question yeah
1: you told mean that your grandfather's a huge inspiration to you have you had your grandfather on as a guest on your podcast? I have not,
2: but I actually thought about it this week, like two or
1: days 100%, ago. I would 100%, 100% have him on. And I would love to hear that episode and see that episode. And so there's, there's two sides to that. One, I think that it would be an amazing piece of content. Definitely. Two, it would be an amazing way for you to document something that you and your grandfather did that you can have forever.
2: That's a great point too. Yeah, I really do. That's and funny. I, I literally was making breakfast like two days ago, and I was like, I gotta get my grandpa on this. I, I agree. Conversation,
1: like I'm gonna have my dad on my, my podcast just just so I have it as a, as something that I can keep from a memory standpoint of him t- talking about sales and things of that nature. Hmm. And and um, I truly believe that a lot of the gems that he would drop would be very very motivational and inspirational because they're gonna be very very true and from his generation. It was a very interesting generation um, as far as work ethic goes. And I think that that is something that, is, that, that has been devalued um, in maybe, maybe a little – I would say our generation, my generation, Generation X was the proponent of laziness where that started to come in where like, man, that generation is lazy like the baby boomers you know like the okay yeah boomers. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those people are like oh grind it out work hard da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. now the generation x people were kind of like man we're like whatever dude like grunge this that and everything else you're we into mm-hmm. that but your generation gets heat right for what they're into or what they do like you told me like yeah when i relax i play call of duty and i'm like or when my six-year-old right like my six-year-old son renner dude 100 plays fortnite he is freak six years old and is badass okay (laughs) badass knows what knows how to navigate youtube knows how to navigate tiktok knows how to navigate instagram knows how to create video content six years old now some parents will go i don't like that i don't like that now this kid plays baseball plays soccer goes outside rides his formula does all this other stuff but also understands how to behave with technology and integrate it into what he wants to get out of it.
2: And I mean, that's the future. You're going to have to get used to being exposed to that and changing it all the time. It's literally laying the groundwork from day one, like being able to adapt to the different technology that's going to come in his lifetime. Anyways. Yes.
1: When I was in high school, Evan, we, I was one of the only kids to have a cell phone in my high school. My graduating high school class, senior class was 300 people. I was like, one of two people that had a cell phone. Dang. Now, back then... The big the phone, brick. Yeah. The it's interesting you're talking about... No, 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 It wasn't that. <laughs> this year, I was talking about video games. I got my Nintendo Mini in here. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, dude. I love it. The, uh, the phone was probably as big as this microphone.
2: Uh-huh. And,
1: right, and the antenna would come up and, the, and I'd make one phone call and let's say that one phone call would cost maybe 25 bucks. Jeez. Okay. But... If you asked Todd senior year, if you said to Todd senior year that in 2020 I would be able to make video subtitles, dis- distribution, and do everything right from my device and have my own radio show and have this, that, and everything. If I was able to do all of that, if you explain that to me from a phone, I would not be able to comprehend something like that. So Honestly. the interesting thing is what that what are what you 19 what are you going to see at 41
2: dude i don't even know it's it, everything's progressing so fast like I, I the only thing that comes to mind is like those like movies where they have like um it's sort of like a tu- like a touch projection like it projects onto something and they're able to like just do it in it's already the out dude. it's already out it's and it's already then- out flying cars and all that sort of the boring company is going to have those tubes that just run everywhere through the town it's
1: just tesla will release that you already know that that's going to end up happening tesla yeah. tesla will release the first hovering car
2: Definitely. that's going to happen. yeah you know, you know <laughs> that's going to be that. a decade maybe five years alone it's going to be a
1: hybrid hovering car that doesn't touch the ground yep. which then right now you you might have situations you might have situations in there where did a rubber company is a is a tire company or a rubber company like Michelin, are they smart enough to be so forward-thinking that they get with Tesla and say, hey, look, we know you're probably working on something like this. So us knowing this, is there a possibility, maybe not a rubber, but a special tire that we could create for this particular vehicle for when it sits on the ground that we can be the sole provider for and then patent that? That's how forward thinking businesses have to be now. Yeah. To be able to survive the impending disruptions that are going to be coming from your generation. The quick and fast way to get there faster to be able to kind of be that person in 20 years to have a business there is to think about how, not reinventing the wheel, Evan. No. Taking something that is already working and making it faster. And more convenient—that's the key. That's the key. To, that is the key to the Emerald City, my friend. Take what's working now that people use and make it faster and more convenient, and you'll win in twenty years. One hundred percent. That's it. But you just got to sit there and think about it. Write it all down, right? Because yeah. The guy with Uber was the same situation. Okay. Well, people use tax cabs. Let's make it easier and more convenient and faster. Okay let's the airbnb right same thing i mean like the list goes on and on and on what right now are people doing that you look at it and it's somewhat archaic but it's almost like it would be more it would be more convenient and fast to do it this way create around that
2: definitely that's a really good point that awesome wow that was uh that was quite an episode that was really entertaining Felt, I felt like locked in the whole time. Cool, buddy. Anyway, so um, I want to thank Todd real quick for being on the show. That was obviously an awesome episode. Uh, I hope all my listeners enjoyed. But uh, before we go, I just want to ask, like, where can my listeners, if they're interested, getting in, uh, with into your business or listening um, to your podcast, where can they find that sort of stuff?
1: Yeah, so if you want to follow me on social media, um, er, pretty much everywhere, um, literally everywhere, um, you just type in Todd Collins or just put in at Todd Collins official. Unfortunately, the guy who owns Todd Collins uh, on Instagram is like some dude who will not message me back, so I cannot get the handle. So I had to make it Todd Collins official. Uh, my podcast, you can literally type into Roku, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, anywhere. Uh, just type in my name and it'll pop up. It's called Bad Reputation. Um, I have a lot of really good guests on there. Um, and then I just launched my, uh, text program. Cause I, I believe that text is important. yeah, I just saw that. Yeah. We, we utilize text. We utilize text in, um, in our own agency and with our clients. So I figured, Hey, look, instead of me dropping content, sometimes on the podcast or things like that, I'm just going to send ideas and free stuff to people that join the text program. And the open and say, hey, rates look. are
2: going to be insane on that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't give a fuck. Really. Um, <laughs> But again, it's awareness, right? Like, yeah. so if people, if people join it and they like it, then great. Um, the people that that don't join it are just just aren't gonna get the stuff. They're only gonna get the client stuff. So it's re- basically a, it's a way to become a client of mine without paying me. So it's a really good way to like yeah, definitely. Me. So and I had to kind of do a little bit of that. It was just because of like, like I get a lot of DMs from people where they're like, "Hey, how would I do this? I saw you did this," and it's like it's real hard for me sometimes to slow it down and be able to like go all
2: individually. Way
1: Yeah. So I figured I'd create content, put it in the text program and be like, Hey, if you want to start a podcast, this is how you do it. Six minutes. Uh, Hey, if you want to do this, this is how you do it. Hey, if you wanted to figure out how the TikTok algorithm works, this is how it works. Like things like that. Um, that I'm going to share with the text program that I'm not going to share with everybody else. So there you go. Uh, you text Todd to fifty four, fifty four, fifty four, And that's how that works. That's how you join.
2: Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Todd.
1: Yeah, buddy. I appreciate it. And thank you.
0: This has been a Todd Collins Official production in conjunction with Platinum Reputations. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Todd Todd Collins Collins official, or visit us at www.ToddCollinsOfficial.com. Want to be on the show or become a sponsor? Message us on Facebook and tell us why.